Basic Chemistry by Harlow Lane, a BBW romance. The Big Bang isn't just a theory. I felt it the moment I laid eyes on her. Her ruby red lips and lush curves called to me on a primal level, and I instantly knew I would do anything for her to be mine. And then she walked into my college AP chemistry class and introduced herself as the teacher. Never one to back down from a challenge, I decided to get creative. Looks like I'm going to need some extra tutoring after class. Now it's just a waiting game on how long it will take to get her out from behind the desk and into my bed. That's Basic Chemistry by Harlow Lane. It's a BBW romance and it's out today. Grab it now. Welcome back, lady listeners. Hi. You're here with your lady DJs, Mel and Leah. What's up? What's up? It, it sounds like lady DJs. It sounds like it's a party. I know. Like, what are we about to do? <laughs> What's happening? Oops, 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 oops. Mm. <laughs> Past the pajamas. Oops, oops, oops. <laughs> That's my idea of a rave now. I'm 40. <laughs> I don't think I ever went to a rave. Oh, man. I don't know if I ever went to like a legit rave, but mm-hmm. I went to some pretty cool parties. <laughs> some pretty cool shows. Man, I saw, fuck, who was it? I can't even think. God, this is how, this is how long ago it's been. I don't, I can't even think of the name of the band. I went to like field parties. Yeah. Yeah. That counts, <laughs> I think. I think that counts. People weren't like passing around um, acid and there wasn't like a real DJ. <laughs> That's what I think of already. I don't think it But counts. maybe I'm just too country-ish for that. You have to be in a city, a big city. No, because they do them out in the country. It's just like mm-hmm. city people go out to the country to do it. I don't think it's a rave unless you put Molly up your butt. <laughs> it has to go up your butt? Yeah. Yeah. That's that make it more intense. Damn. Yeah. I think I would start off oral. <laughs> <laughs> That's how it usually goes, Melissa. <laughs> in more ways than one. Okay. hey all right, so you got to tell me, what? tell me about the book you're reading, because you messaged me early, and you're like, why did I wait so long to read this? Oh, I was reading, uh, or I read Evil Twin by, by Katie, Katie Wilde. Yes. Yeah. So tell me, how, I, I haven't read, I haven't downloaded, I haven't read it yet. I just always forget how, like, good her heroes are, and how so her, her heroines, usually, you know, I like the innocent, fragile, mm-hmm. but she has this way of doing these strong women. Mm-hmm. who still have a hero that is stronger than her, but not in this suffocating way. Yeah. It's weird. It's hard to explain, but she does it. She pulls it off. It works mm-hmm. somehow. They're still stronger and more alpha, but not in this, like, he's he's there to serve her. He's like, you're my queen. I'm your, I'm your king. I'm not mm-hmm. anybody else's king. I'm your king first. So it's like she rules. So, so what is the what's the evil twin about? It's just about it's about two twins, pretty much, who have shitty siblings who are supposed to take over, Mm -hmm. and they want to like sabotage because they're terrible people, and they accidentally sabotage wrong and end up with each other. Like, they are okay. both going to sabotage at the beginning, but then they realize they both had the same plan, except oh, okay. the other way. Okay. And they end up together. Oh, I but like that. Okay. he, from, like, the first second, he's like, oh, no, she's mine. Like, I, one line he said, like, in the very beginning, he said he made a vow to his mother not to kill um, his brother when he was five. Shit. <laughs> His brother must have been the a mom dick. made on her deathbed made him <laughs> vow never to kill. And he said once, you know, they had to go through and he they these two had to marry, which happens very early in the book and whatever. Um, he goes, Now my vow to her overrides any vow. Oh wow. I like that. So yeah, like this vow supersedes any other. Uh-huh. I like and that. I was like, I just always love how she also has these nuggets of wisdom. Mm-hmm. 
And then, like, he went in, like, wanting the kingdom. That's what he wanted. He mm-hmm. wanted the kingdom. He wanted to take over. And a lot of the kingdom followed him already because he was, like, the main soldier and head of the armies. Mm-hmm. They all kind of looked to him anyways and kind of yeah. like, nah, with the brother who was the king. Yeah. And he wanted to take over. He wanted the kingdom. And he said, I highlighted, he needed no kingdom. He needed no crown, only her kiss. That's a perfect teaser line, too. It is. I highlight. I was like, this is real. And it happens early in. I just like how strong our heroes can be. But they are steadfast in their love and devotion to the heroine first. Yeah. He's like, he's along with her for this Mm -hmm. now. I think the reason I like her heroine so much is because they are strong and capable but there is a vulnerability to them that they only show to the hero. And the, he, like, yeah, he's the he only gets one that gets very to see that. early on. Because at first he's mm-hmm. like, why is she so insecure about this? And then he's like, or he picks up on an insecurity yeah. rather quickly. Uh-huh. And he was like, he realizes, okay, her family beat that down in her. Yeah. And so he's yeah. like, okay, so I need to build this up. Mm, I like Like, that. he recognized it and he's like, okay, it's my job to come in and feel to fix this yeah to give that to her it's just really sweet it's only like two thousand locations so you can finish it in like three or four hours Mm -hmm. it was just a really good hero and she's really great too because she's funny and she's strong and yeah and it's evil twin by katie wilde and she's got some some of the best books ever she does she's so she's an incredible writer she is i love that i could go on and on about her i think i have before Mm -hmm. some of the books but i always do it to myself with her i remember the she had a christmas book and i waited till Mm -hmm. like february or something to end up reading it and i was like why this is like my favorite There's actually, uh, I got the Midwinter Bride, the, that one, I've got it up there in my cabinet. I got it in paperback because I was going to take it to the beach. And mm-hmm. it's one of those things where I know the second I open the page, I'm yes. going to be obsessed. And so I haven't done it yet. Even though That's I what I've been she has it's a longer be book, yeah. but I haven't done it. It is. It's a I even knew, book. Even when I, when I finished it today, this mm-hmm. evil twin, I was like, I should go read that. Longer uh-huh. one that you've talked yeah, about. But I yeah. was like, I can't. I have to wait for the weekend. If I mm-hmm. go in, I'm going to be fucked. And I've yeah. got work to do. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. No, I, to- I totally know that. You know, I just, oh, and speaking of Christmas books, so I talked to um, Brittany, who runs Violet Gaze Press. That's the publishing house. And fuck, I've got to look it up. Shit, I should have looked this up before, but I'll find it real quick on my messages. She was telling me that there is a book, and she posted it up that she's reading it right now. And she was like, if you want a copy, I'll send you one. And I was like, okay, yes, I want a copy. It's called, fuck, I don't know if the picture's still on here. Shit. Oh, my God. No, I don't see it. I think it's already, like, expired. Like, it's been more than 24 Mm -hmm. hours or whatever. Damn it. Oh, it's so good. It's a Christmas book. And she was like, it's bonkers, but it still ends up being romantic and sexy. Oh, my God. Damn it. She didn't have the – she didn't have the name listed. I just love a bunch of Christmas books. We're getting there, guys. We're in September. I'm so excited. I know. I'm so excited. I think we were talking about doing a – like a bride series those was wedding yeah we were like what if we did holiday brides like where we did where we did a bride for every holiday we have like a we have like a halloween bride and thanksgiving bride and christmas bride (sighs) and then a new year's bride a new year's bride that's a great idea (laughs) (laughs) and then we'll do mlk and valentine's and we'll just do like every single holiday george washington (laughs) st patrick's day Day. yep (laughs) we'll do them all easter Show me a bunny. <laughs> yep. We'll just line them up. We want all the brides. So I'm actually, I finished up a Mariana Zapata book and it's getting bad because I'm at the end. There's only <gasps> three books left that I have. I'm currently reading one and then there's, they'll, there will be only three books left. And she yeah. only puts out like one a year. Yeah. This was a mistake. <laughs> I knew this was coming and it was a mistake. So the book I'm reading that I just finished is called Luna and the Lie. And I think I've talked about this show that I watch on Paramount with Kevin Costner. It's called Yellowstone. Mm-hmm, Do you know, yeah. have you watched that? 
No, I haven't watched it, but you okay. talked about it before. Yes, it's got, I think it's two or three seasons they've got out now, and the new season has been postponed. It was supposed to come out the beginning of June, and it's coming out in November 7th. Now that they've, they've never gave a, a solid date before, and they finally have. And let me tell you, this fucking show is so good. It's so good. Like, it's, if you, like... All right, if you're a if you're a lady of a certain age, you might have watched Dallas back in the day. <laughs> so it's kind of like Dallas, like a little soap opera-y, but it's also dirty and hot and Kevin Costner is a dick in this show. He is a piece of shit asshole and I'm sorry, but he could still get it. So, anyways, there's this other guy in it that his name is Rip. And I don't know if it stands for Ripley or whatever, but they call him Rip. And he is an actor that has been a while around for a while. He's a big guy, sturdy, like playing a cowboy is like perfect for him. So anyways, um, I'm reading this book by Mariana Zapata called Luna and the Lie. And the hero in it, his name's Rip. And he's this big, quiet mechanic. And all I can picture the entire time I'm reading this book is this big old dirty cowboy. And I'm just like, I'm dying inside as I read this book. It's <laughs> so fucking good. And let me tell you, the heroine, it's kind of the same thing where you're talking about with Katie Wilde, where the heroine is like this little badass. She does um, like paint. She does like body work on cars and stuff. She does all the painting and stuff for it. And... She is just a fucking badass and I love her, but there's this vulnerable, scared part of her because her family beat this out of her. Yeah. You know, this part of her that thinks nobody wants her because nobody wanted her. And so like, she's just used to being pushed to the side and his, and what he's done is try to make her understand, like, I never want to push you to the side. And so like, that's what this whole book is about. And it's about him and like, he's hard and mean and rude and surly but it's like he she's just wiggled his way into him and now he's big marshmallow on the inside and he hates it (laughs) you know and it's like it's so good though and god the sex was really good too because finally it like again and this is classic mariana zapata where you go the whole book and it happens right at the end but that there's an epilogue at the end of it and she's so good at the epilogues i just i wish like i could write epilogues like this because she got to the end and this really magical thing happened and i like teared up when i was reading it because it's just so beautiful and he's such an incredible husband and and it's just of course they end up together i'm sorry that's a spoiler i guess but it's a happily ever after so anyways um but no it's like it's so good it was really 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 good like it was definitely i went on um in read me Ramit's headquarters i went in and numbered all the books i've read and mm-hmm. i put them in order on which ones had been my favorite and that was definitely up there i think i had that with like four or five or something it was out of, out of all of them and there's two that i haven't read that are much older and one of them is a rock star book that just that's not normally my thing i don't me I don't know why. I just don't care like for rock stars. I don't know. But yeah. somebody told me that it was safe and that it was really good. And then the other one is called Lingus. And it's about a girl that goes to like a porn convention. And I think she falls for a porn star. And I don't know that. I don't know. I'm afraid to read it, you know. I yeah. need to figure out, one, if it's safe. And two... I don't know. One of the reviews I said was that they said it was like kind of um, a little bit silly and immature in places. And she makes a lot of like poop jokes or whatever. And I'm like, that didn't bother me because it was in some of the other books. I'm like, I don't care if a heroine's immature. I literally was like, I wrote a book about a a heroine with a stuffed animal, like (laughs) that made stuffed animals for a living. Okay. Like immature does not bother me. Yeah. (laughs) So. So maybe I'll maybe I'll read that. I don't know. But right now I'm reading um the book is called Wait for It. And I actually started this one, listened to the first like ten minutes and stopped it because I was like, I don't think I'm gonna like this. And it's about a girl in the very beginning, she has two kids. And I was like, I don't I just don't like starting with someone who's already had a relationship. That's just not the my my book. I don't like those kind of books, you know. 
I know that's reality, <laughs> but like, that's just not something I generally like when I read. And so, but then someone told me, they're like, no, you're going to like in headquarters, one of the lady listeners was like, no, you will love this book. If based on your reading order and what you liked is number one, two, and three is your favorite. You're going to love this one just as much as those. And they're oh. like, it's her nephew's that mm-hmm. she ends up taking care of. And so they were like, just trust me, you've got to go, like based on, they were like, all the books that you read in the order you read, you're going to love this one. So I went back and I was like, okay, I'm going to give it a chance. And I'm like three or four chapters in and so far I really do like it. So I'm glad I went <laughs> back and gave it a chance. So, so that was good. The other question I have on here to ask you is what are we writing right now? What do we have coming out? Let's tell people about what books we have that are going to be published soon. Well, we're in Craven Cove. Yes, we're in Craven Cove. If you're listening now, um, you have already read Prom King. Prom King's out, and Prom Queen should be hot on its heels. It should be out. It should be out. Because we hoping, fucked up. <laughs> I have. I'm hoping because this is Monday. We're lo- we're talking. We're yeah, recording yeah. this, and I'm working on the cover right now with the yeah. other artist, and I'm gonna load yeah. it. As soon as I have everything, because we messed up. Oh, my God. We fucked up so bad. So, listen. This is our chance to apologize, too. Okay. So, we wrote this book, and it was supposed to be a high school sweetheart. It's like high school romance. We had this cute idea. We're like, let's just do it. Let's do a little quickie high school romance, and because we need to write our Christmas books. We want to get into this. And all of a sudden, we started writing this book, and it just didn't stop. And we kept going and going and going. And we were behind on our turn-in time. And our editor, Eagle, who is incredible, has also... You know what? we got to stop talking about her on the podcast. Because people have <laughs> discovered her. And now she's fucking busy. She's booked so, up. So we got to turn our shit in. And we it was had to over turn our in, like, work super count. early. Yeah. Yeah. And this one, like, for a normal word count, it takes a couple weeks to get it back. And so... This one just kept going. We're like, if we finish this book, if we keep writing, it's going to be like another month and a half before we get this book back. So it was like, we thought, okay, what we'll do is we'll cut it off here. We'll have like a little cliffhanger, little little diet cliffhanger. And then we'll publish the next, we'll publish the other half of the book. And they'll get both halves close together, like a week apart. And it'll be fun. And it was not fun. (laughs) And every post we've made about Prom King being live, everyone's screaming at us. They're so mad. I, I feel know, terrible. I, th- I just, you know, it's been I'm not so even reading long. the comments. That's how terrible I it's feel. Awful. I don't even read them. I'm sorry that you have to read them because I can avoid them because I'm not on social media. Like, I don't even click them. I just, I'm apologizing to everyone. The Everyone's- only reason I realized what was going on, because I had a couple of people email. If you email in to Alexa Riley, you get me. Mm-hmm. And that's how I realized what was going on. It was, it was a mistake. We realize that now. It's been so long since we had a cliffhanger. We I don't only, think we've really had one, really. I don't well, know. so we intended to have one. Okay, so the Virgin Duet was supposed to be two books, but we ended up, we put it together as one. The next time that happened was when we wrote Taking the Fall. And we released it in parts. It was four parts. And but we parts were, was huge back then. Yes. Everybody was doing parts. I mean, this was like eight years ago. What we did was, is we had like little cliffhangers at the end of every part. And I want to say like, maybe in our MC book, we did one like that. We've done it through email. You know, we've done that mm-hmm. before too. But we've never done it. Or it's been a long time since we've done it in a book. And so a lot of people were super pissed. And I get it. And, you know, obviously we would do it differently if we could, but we just thought at the time, like, oh, this will be fine. And it wasn't. (laughs) So we are publishing the second half as fast as possible. And we've learned from our mistake. Oh, my God. So, but even still, though, what happened with it? I mean, that was Prom King. Prom Queen is next. Then we ended up writing the mom and the dad. We ended up writing their whole fucking story. That's called take it all. That's we couldn't because, like, the mom is there to swindle the dad. And there are stories, like, right alongside of it. I would have been like, what's the going whole on? Time. Yeah, you were asking. You were like, so what's, what's he doing over there? I'm like, I don't know. <laughs> you tell me. <laughs> <laughs> so, like, then we wrote that. And then there's another character that's we were like, well, fuck, we have to explain what happens to him now. 
Yeah, know, another like, character shows up in the second all, book. They're all in the like they're all entangled, and so like we all we had to tell their stories. So it was just like this one twenty thousand story ended up being. It ends up being like 75,000 words. No, I think it might be more than that. Shit, it might be. I think the first one was over 30. Fuck, I don't even remember how long the last book we did was. I don't know. It's just longer than we thought, which is fine. We just got carried away with the first. Yeah. I don't know. I don't, we just couldn't find a place to stop and it just kept going. We're like, we have to cut this off. We're we're never going to get it published if we do this. So. Sorry. <laughs> I'm sorry. I kind of hope that we put that last book on the podcast, maybe. Oh, later yeah. On. We, that's what we said. It would be a really good podcast book. So maybe we'll just get it made and we'll just throw it up at some point. Maybe at Christmas when we have a break. We'll put it on there. <laughs> that's not a bad idea. So, yeah. So we have, um, we have those coming out next. And then currently we're writing a student-teacher romance. And it's, like, it's turning out really saucy. So it starts out with um, the girl, she is at a strip club. And so she's working there as a cocktail waitress. And this guy comes in, he's with his cousin, and it's his cousin's bachelorette party, or bachelor party. And he sees the waitress and pays for a private dance. And so that's kind of how it starts out. And then she realizes, like, obviously... You know, he's a teacher and she's a student. Like, that's what the story is about. So, it goes from there. You know, it's it's been really fun so far. So, that's what we're currently working on. And then we get to start our holiday books. And I'm so excited. Me too. I love doing holiday books. I love reading holiday books Mm -hmm. and all that. Yep. I love it. So, I need to line up some holiday audios too. So, if you have um, holiday audiobook recommendations, email us. Readmeromance at gmail.com. And I have a couple of lady listener emails if you want to do a couple before we get okay. into Matilda Martell, the second installment of Blindsided. I had one from last week about a sleepover and my cat doesn't like our printer. So when paper prints out of it, he like jumps on it and claws at it and it went like under the shelf. <laughs> so I found it from where he attacked it last week. So. <laughs> All right, this one's called Sleepover Horror Story. Hi, ladies. I wanted to write and tell you my sleepover horror story. So it happened when I was a freshman in high school. It was summertime and a few weeks before school started. I was on the volleyball team, and we were staying at one of the seniors' houses. She was one of 11. So one of 11 kids? What the fuck? So they had a huge house, and her sister was one of my best friends, so I had been there before. We were all in the basement playing card games and hanging out. There were probably about 20 of us. The basement had several glass French doors that went out onto a patio. It was around 1.30 in the morning and we were all scattered around, but we heard something outside. We didn't really think anything of it because they lived out in the country and it was probably a raccoon or something. Several minutes later, several people started screaming, banging on the doors from the outside, and they were all wearing scary clown masks. (gasps) Of course, we were all freaking out and scared shitless. Come to find out, it was several of the upperclassmen's boyfriends who thought it would be funny to scare us. Needless to say, whenever I went back to their house, I was always afraid someone was going to show up on those doors in the middle of the night. (laughs) Michaela. I would have peed myself. Oh my god, I would have too. That's so fucking scary. People are jerks. <laughs> you have to be right. careful with scaring people. Some people get mad. I know. I do. I get angry. I'm like, that wasn't fucking funny. <laughs> All right. I think I told you about the time Isabel scared me so good I couldn't even be mad. What? How'd I never told you about the time she scared me so bad I couldn't even be mad at her. I don't know. When was it? I went. I used to go for drives at night sometimes to get out of the house and stuff during COVID and stuff. Mm-hmm. And one night Peyton, Peyton were like, let's go for a drive. And I'd hit like Pokemon stops. We'd go to McDonald's. Yeah. yeah. She heard me say this to Peyton because he would come with me. Mm-hmm. I'm not thinking it's like nine, 10 o'clock at night. I go outside. I get in the car. She heard me say that. And she went and got in the car and behind my seat. I get in. I go to start my car. She comes up from behind me and like grabs me. Did you pay in your I didn't. Pants? I like <laughs> and then when I realized it was her, I was like, oh my god. And she waited out there for like 15 minutes. Holy shit balls. I was like, I'm so mad, but that was good. 
Fuck, that would have scared me. I no, would like I was, it's dark out of my house. I know. You're out I'm in the middle of fucking nowhere. nowhere. Some psycho Jason getting in the back of your seat. Oh my God. Yeah, that was really good. I don't need my kids to ever do that to me. All right, this one's entitled, uh, just this message. I'm a new listener and just catching up. On your 11.2 podcast, you spoke a lot about weight and being satisfied. This year is the year I finally embraced my body. I have always been a little thicker and hated it. I eat healthy, exercise, work, and I'm fucking amazing mom and wife. Why do I care? This year has been different. I don't know what propelled the change, but it feels really good. I run in just a sports bra now, all 185 pounds of me. I have non-covered sex with my husband and walk around naked in front of my kids. <laughs> my body is amazing and I will embrace every bit of it. Bring it on, world. I'm ready for you. I think some of that comes with age. I really do. I was going to ask you about that, too, since you just had your birthday. Do you feel like, let's say from 10 years ago, how do you feel about oh, yourself 100% now? different about my yeah. body 10 years ago. There are small things that every now and then I want to change. But, mm-hmm. no, I remember being way more insecure about my body. Even when I was a little bit bigger. I was wearing crop tops again, but mm-hmm. you helped me with a ton of that, Aww, accepting so that sweet. and growing into my body mm-hmm. and just being more. And then I did go on a health kick, but even as I've gained some of the weight back, yeah. I haven't been like obsessed about it. Like it doesn't drive me insane. Yeah, I look in the yeah. mirror and I'm not mad. I even told my husband that I was like, I look in the mirror and I know I've gained like, I think it's like 15 pounds back, which mm-hmm. isn't a huge comparative. A hundred, yeah. pounds I lost. But I look yeah. around, like, I'm not mad. I said, I just, it irritates me that I can feel it sometimes. But it doesn't yeah. bother me anymore to see it for some reason. It's just not, and I don't know if it's a mix of all of that and age. Mm-hmm. But not well, giving a realizing, fuck. Yeah, not giving a fuck. And realizing, like, this is where I live. You know, this is like, okay, if I work out and, you know, you you go hard, 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 you can be here. Or you can live here, you know, yes. it's like, like you've kind of got like, yes. you've done so much to where like, you know what you can do and yes. you know where you're at, but you know, you've, you, you just come so far. You come it so is. Far. It's, I think it's too about you'll get into shape and then mm-hmm. you'll kind of be like, okay, I have to work really hard to be here, but if mm-hmm. I just kind of let go a little bit, I can be here too. Yeah. And it's fine. It's just as so. good of a place. Yeah. So it's just, I think a lot of it is age and growing up and kind of looking around and evaluating and realizing 90% of what you see on the internet isn't real. Uh, It's airbrushed. (laughs) (laughs) It's not real. Oh my God. That's the fucking truth. Let me tell you. All right. So this email is entitled 28.4, One Last Chance. I listened to episode 28.4, One Last Chance, and I had looked, I looked it up. That's my Molly O'Keefe yesterday. You talked about reading a new author, which are slow, which you are slow to do because you do not want to entrust your emotions to someone new. I thought that was interesting. I have never had that feeling when reading a book. I just look for books that keep my interest, wondering what's it, what's going to happen next. Well, all that changed during this episode. I listen to you on my way home from work each day. I have about an hour drive home. The episode actually brought tears to my eyes. I was so heartbroken for Natalie. I'm sure the feeling of how I felt when my first husband cheated on me and ended our marriage, combined with my current husband's affair a few years ago, brought on the rush of feelings, remembering my own personal pain and struggle on how to repair the damage or move on. I remember being in a very similar place emotionally as Natalie. So in my own way, I have found my own happy ending. The end of my first marriage was a good thing. We were not good together. My current husband and I continue to work on repairing the damage as a fear I had on our lives. But thank you for sharing this for, and sharing such personal feelings. The chatting at the beginning of each episode is the highlight of my day. I won't say your name on there, but I thought that was just really open and sweet and vulnerable of her to send that email to look it up because you know a lot of times romance is such an escape for me but I forget that there have been romances that have absolutely healed my heart you know where I've I've felt the same thing 
that a heroine has felt. I have gone through some of those same emotions. And being able to find a book that you connect with on that is just, it's, sometimes it's really rare, but when it happens, like, fuck, like, it's such a good, important feeling. And I'm just so happy that, like, we had a book like that on the podcast for someone, you know, that she listened to that and she connected with it. And it really, like, she felt Molly O'Keefe is incredible about connecting you to <sighs> mm-hmm. heroines and really attaching, like, you get your your story of this epic love story and all that stuff. That's great. But with the heroines, there is some heartache and understanding. Mm-hmm. And you really do fall in love with her heroines as long as, along with falling in love with the love story as mm-hmm. well. She really connects you to them. I think she has an incredible gift of making you feel the way the heroine does. And maybe it's because it's just a natural feeling. Like maybe she just has this gift for writing something that you feels know, so real. And there's, but I think there's something kind of special about Molly O'Keefe. Even when you talk, the short times I've met her, mm-hmm. I instantly was like, oh, okay, you know, connected mm-hmm. with yeah. her. She was yeah. listening mm-hmm. to you. She was understanding you uh-huh. within like seconds. Yeah. I mean, I remember yeah. meeting her and somebody else being like, so you should be on the podcast. And I'm like, yeah, we should. Because I sat at a table with her for a few minutes and I was like, she's awesome. And yeah. reading over some of her stuff, I very think, very much think she is a too unknown author for as good as writing as she has. Yeah, I would absolutely agree with that. She's an incredible writer and she has such a way to connect. And I just thought like that was such a beautiful email that someone sent in because that's really vulnerable to write that down and to share that, especially something that was probably really embarrassing and hurtful and to share that with us. I just appreciated that so much. And it was such a great book that she connected with. And I'm so proud that we had that on our podcast. So I just wanted to And it just goes to show you how also a good writer she is in such a small episode. She can yep. make you connect so quickly. Yeah, yeah. So if you haven't, you know, gone back and listened, you know, and I try to tell people all the time, and maybe I should be more clear about that, but each week is a standalone. So, you know, I know some people get overwhelmed, like, oh my God, you're on like episode 150, whatever. But, you know, th- you don't have to go all the way back. Like, go back yeah. two episodes and just listen. So. Yeah. So, I but, mean, all of the books, if you want to, like, go onto the website and you go up mm-hmm. to the top, says audiobooks, you click old ones, all of them pop up. So you can scroll through them and click them. And mm-hmm. when you click them, it'll take you to the right episode. Like, you can click it from your phone even, and it'll take it right up there because I put the episodes on there to link through. So you can go through and cherry pick old stuff, too. And in that one place, you're going to find all the links you need for that one book that you cherry picked out of all of them on the page. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's been great because I've actually done that too. I've gone back and listened to books. And this makes me want to go back and listen to Molly's. It's episode um 28.4. So that was that was like um the older episode, but it it's week 28. If you just go and look that up, it'll say it'll say one last chance by Molly O'Keefe. So and that is yeah. one thing I do love about the podcast is you, it's such a small window, you know, mm-hmm. episodes are usually around 10,000, 15,000 words that mm-hmm. you don't have to invest a ton to get to know an author in a quick flash mm-hmm. to see if, okay, I think I need to go look up more books by this author. Yeah. Yeah. There's actually another email in here. I'll save it for next week because both of them are super long. Someone went through and did the same thing with Susan Stoker that they listened to the book she had on the podcast and they were like, I'm two months in to just Susan Stoker. She was like, I've just read Susan Stoker. the past. You, and, you could do that all year. She's got uh, 5 million books. She's got so many books, but I'm telling you what, if you listen to her book on our podcast and you love it, you will love everything she writes everything it's like mariana zapata it's like if you read one book and you like it you're gonna like all of it just if you like susan stoker i want to recommend cynthia eden and katie yes 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 katie rias yelled at us about prom king (laughs) she got on there she was so mad i know i was like katie please don't stop loving us and she was like i won't but i am mad oh my god i haven't heard from her in a while that's glad to hear that she's on (laughs) social That's why she's not she's not saying nothing. She's over here reading books and complaining about it on authors. Pages. I love her so much. I do too. Oh my god, it was so cute. But yeah, so Katie Rias, Susan Stoker, 
Um, yeah, all, all, all good ones. Yeah, definitely. I'll link all of this in the show notes. Yes. <laughs> we have so many things to put in the show notes this week. Oh, my God. All right. So let's get back into it. Um, we're going to give you the second installment of Blindsided by Matilda Martell. Um, before I forget, make sure you go in and enter this week's giveaway. And we'll put all of her new stuff that she's got coming up down in the show notes. So make sure you go check that out. Go to her website. Subscribe to her newsletter for that free ebook. And check out her Amazon page. She's got a shit ton of books. I was scrolling through. So I picked a couple out. You, like, if you've got Kindle Unlimited, you're going to want to binge her. Like, so many good books, especially if you like a good age gap. And she has it basically written out on all the titles of her books, which I love, mm-hmm. where it's like, boss secretary age gap like she just spells it out do you want she gets it or those not? tropes for you she's like here you go take it or leave it oh you like it eat this you know it's just it's it's spoon fed i love that so so yeah go grab all of matilda's stuff and we'll play the second installment right now of blindsided and when we come back we'll tell you what we've got next week so all right we'll see you guys on the other side chapter five Fergus. Take care of yourself and thanks for dinner. This is just as I expected. Damn my impatience for moving too fast. Last night felt right. Incredible. Hotter than my filthiest dreams. But I sensed something was off when we parted ways. Take care of myself? I don't think so, Gemma Davenport. Soon to be Digby. You'll take care of me. And I'll take care of you. That's the way this works. This is the girl I'm going to marry. She had me at first glance. And I know she's falling with me. It was cataclysmic and mind-shattering. I could see it in her eyes and taste it in her kiss. My mind wanders to Gemma's dining room and the scent of sex I wore on my beard all night. It broke my heart washing it off this morning, but I consoled myself with the knowledge that I'd see her tonight. Now she has dashed those hopes with her need to control her heart. I know I'm accelerating at supersonic speed, but I can't sit back and let her walk away. I'm ready to go balls to the wall, if that's what it takes. Still mumbling under my breath, I reach the crowded elevator and command my people to clear it. Everyone off. I need privacy. Not you, Riley. I need your help. Riley scoots to the back of the crowd and lets the others, packed like sardines, bicep to bicep, pour out from the box. As soon as they clear the door, I slide in and jab the button to the 18th floor. Clear my schedule, Riley. This is big. The doors slide open and we charge down the hallway together. Excuse me, sir. Bigger than Cash Westwood. She catches up to my long strides, justifiably confused. I'll deal with him later. If he wants to use another management firm, so be it. He knows what I offer, and he knows how much money I make for my clients. It's his loss. I wave her into my office and point at the chair across from my desk. Riley clicks her pen and prepares to take notes. I'm ready. Our peonies in season. I tear off my jacket and dig into my fridge for a cold bottle of water. Peonies are in season until September. How do you know that off the top of your head? I stare at her in amazement and make a mental note to give her a raise. It's one of my gifts. Random facts, sir. She taps her pen and waits for more information. I make a secondary note to offer her a promotion and send her a gift basket. I'll order a bouquet ASAP and make sure it goes out before lunch. Where am I sending it? She jots furiously, then lifts her gaze, expecting an answer. I pace aimlessly behind my desk, grappling with self-doubt and fear of rejection. One bouquet won't do. No. No. Comb the ranks and find the biggest man-whores who work for me. I need advice on women. And call that girl you talk about, the one who gets around. Desperate times call for the female perspective. 
I have a hunch these Lotharios are just as clueless as me. Her eyes almost shoot out of their sockets. Lacey, my sister. She shrinks in her seat. I can't tell her I share stories about her sexual escapades over work lunches. She'll kill me. Not if I offer her 5000 for her time. She's got knowledge I want to exploit. Get her here, and I'll give you the same. Riley hops out of her chair and rushes to her desk. I'm on it, Mr. Digby. I think she has the day off from work. Gentlemen, and Lacey, my objective is shock and awe. I want to blind her with so much romance she won't notice me slip in a proposal until it's too late. Do I make myself clear? I tape a photo of Gemma to the dry erase board Riley and I rolled in from the conference room and tap it with my pen. I want suggestions. Dig into your brains like your livelihood depends on it. Because it does. Sir, the flower shop called, and they're delivering five bouquets in varying colors of pink peonies to 112 West 78th Street no later than 11. Riley reads off her pad then slinks through the crowded room, landing on a chair near my desk. Only five. I foolishly question her judgment. She nods. Five is the limit. Any more than that and she won't have counter space to put them, making the gesture more of a nuisance than a romantic overture. Good call. I turn to the designated gigolos and again prod them for suggestions. Warren, the more ambitious of the three, goes first. I think the flowers are a bad idea. The quickest way to get her attention is not to give her any of yours. Disappear on a business trip. Ignore her calls. Take another woman to a place she frequents and hope you run into her. If you lower her self-esteem, she'll come running. I gaze at the idiot wearing a smug smile and try to remember why I hired him. That is the dumbest thing I've ever heard. Is that your technique? You make women feel horrible and hope they feel so miserable they'll make the poor decision of chasing you down? Leave before I fire you and give you a bad reference. Maybe when you're at your lowest, you'll come crawling back for half the pay. Lazy chimes in. He's thinking like someone who sees women as a two-dimensional object, only fit for oiling his dipstick. If this girl fears commitment, you'll have to pinpoint why and show, not tell, but show her she has nothing to worry about. If she knows you're sincere, she may let her guard down. I clench my fists, then point to Lacey. Thank you. That's perfect. It's not abstract, and it gives me something to work with. I only wish you worked in finance so I could hire you. I do. I mean, I will. Lacey whips out a resume and slides it across my desk. I just graduated from NYU in May with a BBA in finance and economics. I glance it over and hand it to Riley. When we finish, set your sister up for an interview next week. Will do, she chirps, then offers her sister a discreet thumbs up. The rest of you may leave. Now, I groan with displeasure and dismiss the useless men. Riley, tell Warren to put together a marketing package for Bride's best friend and have it on my desk before the end of the day. He needs to be knocked down a peg or two for all the pain he's inflicted on the women of New York. Then, call the landlord and tell him I want to lease the office at the end of the hall. When you're finished with that, get in touch with that little blonde go-getter, the decorator who redid the office last year. She's always looking for work. Thank you both. I walked the sisters to the door and returned to my desk. Gemma Davenport, you are not going to know what hit you. Chapter 6 Gemma Places, everyone. Josie and Denver want to get started, and your chit-chat is holding them up. I march down the aisle, nudge the stragglers into the pews, and bark into my headset. Poppy, please tell me the bride is ready. Affirmative, 
she's jonesing to get down the aisle. Get it? Jonesing? Because the groom is Denver Jones? She waits silently for me to laugh, then yelps when I tap my headset. Don't explain your jokes. You ruin the punchline. Of course I get it, and that's a good one. I swing open the doors into the church lobby and find her standing with the bride, the bride's father, and the groom's mother, sobbing her eyes out. Mrs. Jones, Davina, please, get it together. I point to the pews and send her on her way. I'm sorry, first my daughter and now Denver. All my babies are leaving the nest. Mr. Jones greets her halfway and settles her into her seat. I turn to Josie. It's showtime, sweetie. As soon as I cue the strings, you head out and get your man. She giggles sweetly and holds tightly to her father's arm. I step back and watch her descend the aisle, swallowing the pain in my heart. I don't know what's come over me, but I repeat the words that got me through the day. It's for the best. Those words kept me from calling him, answering his messages, and running toward his office to rub my face all over that beard. It's for the best. Bride's best friend needs to come first, or I'll never reach the top of my game. Gemma, thank God I found you. Lana scampers toward me with outstretched arms. She's a hot mess. Sorry about what I said. I was wrong. If you think you have a connection with Fergus, you should go for it. Don't let him get away. She hands me her phone, set to Fergus's contact page. No, no, you were right. We had a moment, nothing more. He's a wealthy man used to getting what he wants. He'll make me abandon my dreams and I'll lose everything I built. My voice fades and loses its edge. I'm not sure I believe anything I say. I wasn't right. She grips my forearm and holds me in place. I've got mom brain. You can't trust a word I say. It was selfish to keep you apart simply because getting Amelia and Fergus together would make my life so much easier. She pauses and covers her face with shame. I promise I thought they'd make a good match. But Fergus knows his own mind. You should have heard him on the phone. He rambled for 30 minutes and brought me to tears. You're wrong about him. I think he's fallen in love with you, and if you feel like you could love him too, don't let your insecurities get in the way. I hold my breath and listen, trying to smother the sorrow bubbling into my tight throat. Professionals don't cry on the job. I'm the one person who needs to keep it together. Lana, it's too much. I believe in love, but not for me. Love gets in the way of so many things and I need to look out for myself. I can't risk my heart and livelihood over a fantasy. Not everyone gets their prince. She squeezes my hand and sighs. You work so hard on helping brides get there happily ever after. Don't miss out on your own. Chapter 7 Gemma Tomorrow's a big day. The Joneses are one of the most connected, socially affluent families in all of Upper Manhattan. We're talking social event of the season. I need my rest. I slip off my pumps and search the kitchen for something sweet. Why didn't I order dessert at the restaurant? Because I really want a cupcake. A s'mores cupcake I can smash into Fergus's face and lick off his lips beard, neck, and I recheck my phone. No missed calls since earlier this afternoon. After Lana's speech, I dialed his number six or seven times. Okay, maybe ten, but never pulled the trigger. By the time the bridesmaids were choreographed and vows practiced, I missed him so much the air became too thin to breathe. That's when I texted him a kissy face emoji. I know it's a coward's move, but my stubborn heart wouldn't allow anything more. I think I messed things up. Five bouquets, countless texts, 
and a voice message. And the only thing I offer is a kiss via emoji. I wouldn't call back either. I chuckle quietly at my stupidity and slip out of my dress. It's for the best. I mean it this time. If Fergus could walk away after less than 24 hours of ghosting, he must have doubts. I slide my bangle from my wrist and tug off my earrings. Moving about the room, my eyes drift back to my phone screen, hoping he'll call, text, inquire about a booty call, anything to show me it's not too late. Stop it, Jim. It's for the best. We had our moment in time and now it's over. Love and I don't get along. Never have. And never will. In a last-ditch effort to stop obsessing, I turn the phone over and walk away, hoping a bath will clear my head. Mumbling with bitterness, I strut into the bathroom and switch on the faucet. A light tap startles me, but I ignore it. It's probably the neighbors ordering pizza. It can't be my door. Light tapping turns into three consecutive thumbs, and I fly out of my skin. I know you're in there. Sweet Jesus, it's Fergus. Oh, hold on. I tighten my robe and gaze in the mirror. There's no time to fix everything that's wrong with the way I look, but for the sake of my future babies, I give it a try. I pull up my messy hair, dab off my smeared mascara, and refresh my deodorant. I just hope he doesn't run for the hills. Unsure of his mood, I press my face through a crack in the door. Fergus, you're here. I act coy, but thrill at the sight. You've got a lot of nerve. His grumpy expression doesn't match the sparkle in his gorgeous green eyes. Back away and let me in, little girl. I do as I'm told and tiptoe out of his way. My hand falls to my tummy, trying in vain to soothe the millions of butterflies his stern voice unleashes. I texted you back and never heard from you. My voice shakes, knowing I was wrong, knowing that lame emoji probably infuriated him. You mean this? He holds up his phone and smirks with sarcasm. Was this supposed to entice me to come over? I shrug and look to the floor. It worked, didn't it? You goddamn right it did. His body crashes into mine, pinning me against the wall as his lips come down hard, punishing me with kisses that will no doubt bruise my lips. But there's no way to break away. I'm drowning and I need his air to breathe. I need his taste to calm the ache he carved into my soul. Get dressed. He pulls away and barks his command. I stumble forward, dizzy with lust, and fall into his chest. Dressed, really? You don't want to go into the bedroom? I direct my eyes toward the hallway and shamelessly offer the goods. He freezes, then licks his lips. You and I are two bodies in motion, headed for the best type of collision. Your doubts are the only thing hindering our forward momentum, but... I won't let that happen, Angel. I will take what's mine. I'll take everything you have to give every day for the rest of your life. But I need you to trust me with all the things you hold closest to your heart. Get dressed, and let me show you something. Show me something. My brain sputters with possibilities. Dick? Does he mean dick? Give me five minutes. Chapter 8 Fergus What is this? A gleam of excitement shines in her pale blue eyes. Is that my logo? I march across the room and point to the temporary sign I commissioned earlier today. The real one will be wooden. I've hired some of the best craftsmen in New York to finish it before the end of the month. How do you like it? Why, what is this about? 
She sinks her teeth into her bottom lip, then rewards me with a smile. You can't mean... I reach for both her hands and pull her farther into her new office. Welcome to the new home of Bride's best friend. Digby Financial Services is just down the hall. When you're ready, we'll build a nursery between our offices. I love my work and I love that you love yours. You do? Her dark lashes grow heavy with tears. But this is a huge investment. How do you know if I'm any good? You've only seen my work twice and didn't appear impressed. Her bottom lip swells into the cutest bout, and I spring forward, closing the gap between us. You're wrong. You amazed me. I was just too busy looking at you to notice the decor. But I've done my homework. According to May Reese, you made her small-budget wedding feel like a royal event. Janice Ferry said you were the most intuitive planner she had ever worked with and recommends you to everyone she knows. And Davina Jones, the most difficult woman I've ever met, adores you. I won't stop you from dazzling the city, sweetheart. Just leave some room for me. She launches herself into my arms, and the yearning I've felt since the minute we met dips the scales. I bring my mouth down on hers and feast on the taste of her kiss. She's mine. I know she's mine. Falling in love with her is the easiest thing I have ever done. Let me show you your office. I hoist her into my arms and wrap her legs around my waist. We should wait until we get back to her place. I should take my time to ease her out of the innocence I'm moments from claiming. But I can't. I need it more than ever, and I think she needs me too. Is there a desk? She pants between kisses. With our lips locked and tongues entwined, she rolls the jacket off my shoulder and grinds her virgin pussy into my rigid cock. There's a big one. You deserve a bed, but I don't think I can wait. I set her down on the edge of the desk and pull her sundress over her head. My hands fall on her breasts, kneading each mound before I take a stiff nipple into my mouth and suckle. Adrenaline courses through me. Primal lust makes a heart in my home. Animal instinct makes me bold enough to love a woman I don't deserve. I don't want to wait either. Her fingers work the buttons on my dress shirt until she shrugs it off my shoulders and tosses it on the floor. Please don't make me wait. Tell Daddy what you want and he'll make it happen. I unzip my trousers and fist my cock, teasing her pussy through her panties. Daddy will always make your dreams come true. She lifts her hand to hide her wicked smile and slides her panties off her legs. In an unexpected move, she drops her hand and uses her fingers to spread her wet seam. Are you going to put all that in here? I nearly come in my hand. I swallow the lump in my throat and struggle to speak. It looks like I've got a bad girl on my hands. She nods and wraps her hand around my shaft. I've been good for so long. No more, she hisses, and gives my cock a good jerk. I've done nothing to deserve this. Two days ago, I assumed the girl of my dreams was far out of my reach. Now she's willing to play the lead role in my deepest, darkest fantasies. I love you, Gemma. The words fly from my lips without thinking, but they couldn't be more accurate. I didn't know I was waiting for you until you showed up. Then love me, Fergus. Love me now. I eased into her, wedging myself inside the tightest walls I've ever felt. Is this what you want? Do you want me to claim this pussy? My gaze falls to her wide blue eyes, and I slip in another inch. Yes, Fergus, yes, take it. Her shuddering whine seals our fate. I'll take this pussy whenever I want. 
today, tomorrow, forever if she'll have me. I brace myself against the desk and plunge deep, letting her pussy swallow me whole. Jesus, she's tight. Are you okay? I soothe her whimpers and bring my lips to her forehead. We can stop. No, keep going. I don't need her encouragement, but I'll take her permission. I thrust out, then in. Plunging, fucking, plowing her fertile fields and marking her virgin pussy as the property of Fergus Digby. I'll never let another man come after me. She can have everything I own and keep me on a short leash, as long as she never takes this away from me. Daddy, you're so big. Too big for your little girl. She squirms beneath me, wiggling her ass to slide down my cock until there's nowhere else to go. Her nails claw at my skin, and I punish her harder, rutting like an animal hell-bent on mating. Because that's what I am. That's become my purpose in life. Making this girl happy and watching this tiny belly swell with my seed. I wrap my hand around her throat and crush my lips to hers. When I come up for air, I breathe the words I've thought about all day. I need to come inside this pussy, and a good girl gives her daddy what he needs. I'm either an old pervert who's losing his grip or the luckiest son of a bitch alive. I love you, Fergus. Let me feel you come inside me. Sweet Jesus, she's killing me. I fucking love it, but she's killing me. She tenses around my cock and grips my length like a tourniquet. Her breath catches and stays lodged in her throat. Gasping, she sinks her teeth into my shoulder, nipping at my skin as her body shatters around me. Shudders take me underwater, clenching my heart with love, desire, and the need to own her. But she needs to trust me. I won't take away her choices. We're a team, Gemma. I feel myself getting close and hold out. If you want to wait, we'll wait. No, you gave me what I wanted. You believe in me, and you made me believe in us. I don't need to wait. She straightens her back and climbs my cock, sneaking her legs tightly around my hips. I won't spend another minute waiting for my life to begin. My hands latch to the mounds of her supple ass, and I ram her into my cock. Sweat drips down my back. My muscles contract, but they can't stop me. Nothing will stop me from draining my cock inside the woman I love. And this is love. It came from nowhere and blindsided me to take action. But it's here to stay. Vargas. Gemma thrashes and screams through her second orgasm. The clench of her pussy sends me over the cliff. Hot cum shoots deep and coats her walls with rope after rope of sticky seed in search of a home. I could die a happy man. But I won't. Not when the best is yet to come. Vergas. Her sweaty face falls into the crook of my neck and a sweet sigh escapes her lips. I can't believe we did that. I hold her tighter than I should and exhale with relief. We'll do so much more. But first, let's go home. Mine... Or yours? Ours. My mouth twitches into a smile and I lean down to kiss her forehead. You don't know how long I've waited to say that. This has been Blindsided. Love is Blind. Steamy Shorts 1 by Matilda Martell. Read for you by Joshua McRae. Savage Air, a Bratva Bully Romance by Jagger Cole. 
Bright for Prince, Beautiful Monster, Irresistible Villain. Our introduction was a warning, our first meeting a threat. They call him the Wolf, savage heir to the most brutal crime family in the world, a tattooed green-eyed devil, a seductive psychopath who trades in mind games and leads a path of destruction in his wake. To know Ilya Volkov is to fear him, to defy him, lethal. Except I didn't get that memo, as the new student outcast at the ultra-exclusive Oxford Hills Academy, where the offspring and heirs of the world's most elite churn like a viper's nest, I spat in the dark prince's face. Now he wants to break me. My plan involves a prestigious university, law school, and a golden future. Ilya's involves grinding me under his heel until I bend to his will. The harder I fight him, the deeper his claws sink. The more I tell myself I hate him, the harder it is to resist him. There's a wolf howling at my door, huffing, puffing, and ready to blow my entire world down. And pretty soon, he might just devour me whole. This extra angsty, extra raw, brought for bully romance is guaranteed to leave your Kindle steaming. Absolutely no cheating, no cliffhanger, and a perfect happily ever after. That's Savage Air, a brought for bully romance by Jagger Cole. Grab it now. Welcome back. Hey, welcome, welcome, welcome. So, that was Blindsided by Matilda Martell. Go check out all of her stuff on Amazon, like I said, in Kindle Unlimited. She's got a ton of stuff. And we'll put everything else down in the show notes. Next week, listen, this is a, this was a whole thing. We had an author that was scheduled to be with us next week. And a lot of stuff happened. And she wasn't able to complete it on time. So, we had an incredible author, Joanna Blake came in I love Joanna Blake. she wrote a book for the podcast in two days really? had it edited in one day and got it to the narrator it was like three days from yes i'll do it to here's the book oh you guys like, are gonna just, like this i haven't read her in a minute oh she's been, she used to release a ton a lot like uh-huh. rapidly but she yep. slowed down a little bit but no she hits all of the stuff like i trust her stuff when i click into it yeah so um, she said, she was like, I love a deadline. So she said, this is a lot of fire under my ass. And she did. Like, I'm so thankful that she was there because she had asked about being on the podcast and we had already booked out for season nine. Like it booked up in like two days. And so I was like, look, we can get you in on 10. Like you can be the first one on season 10, blah, blah. And then as I'm emailing her this, this other author that, you know, I, I really hate that she couldn't do it, but there was a lot of like personal issues and stuff. And we totally it understand. Happens. Yeah, yeah. And Joanna and I were emailing as this happened. And I was like, hey, by the way, do you think you can write something? And I don't know, turn it in today, like this week. <laughs> do you have, she was like, no, but I can get it to you by Wednesday. And she was just like, boom, here you go. That's like, awesome. it was insane how fast she wrote it. So I'm super excited. I'm really thankful that she's here and she I'm covered I'm excited to us. get to promote her and talk about her books next week. I'm going to go through my Kindle and pull some shit up. And you're probably going to end up reading some of her old stuff, too. Probably. So it'll be good. <laughs> All right. Well, we'll see you guys next week. Be back here with us. And tell them what to do. Fuck your day up. Make today your bitch. Don't be a day. Bye, guys. Bye. Free Brittany. <laughs> she is free. Read me romance. Read, read me romance. Read me romance. Read, read me romance. You could take a look in a book that's fine. Or you could sit back, relax, and unwind and read.